early 21st century, magic reawakened on Earth, and alongside it, a new human race with orcs, elves, trolls, dwarves, and others. Humanity became metahumanity. As technology proliferated and greatly advanced in the awakened world, global megacorporations seized ever more power, becoming de facto states with their own laws, courts, and armed forces. The corporations attempt to control all aspects of modern life. This has led to a vast and complex criminal underground which works for and against corporate interests. The independent career criminals who do what others can't or won't are called Shadowrunners. The year is 2101. Welcome to Fun City. episode of Fun City, interpersonal tensions were mounting as the gang is forced to live together on spellcaster Viv's tiny houseboat Mirage, which floats in the East River. A call came in from a mysterious Johnson based in Swanky, mainland New Jersey, who wants to hire the team to retrieve his stolen boat from a dangerous-sounding mage who owns a shipyard far south in the Brooklyn archipelago. That mage goes by the name Jast. One problem, though, to captain a boat, the team needs a rigger. Their Johnson knows just such a guy, Gabriel, a DJ at a club called The Ball Pit, who happens to owe the Johnson a favor. We return now to The Ball Pit and join the team as Gabriel's motorized DJ sphere descends from some height. As the pod lowers to the ground, you see a uh, there's a man that is seated dressed in head to toe digital camo. You please explain that a little bit. Yeah, like literally the 1990s style camo that was on like Echo. Oh, like I thought you meant like no Matrix uh, no camo. No, not like fancy Shadowrun anything, but like really like throwback mid 90s my laundry bag streetwear. My laundry bag is digital camo. Yeah. Frosted tips. Uh, so Gabriel is completely hairless. Right, uh, right. He does not have any hair, no eyebrows, no beard, uh, no eyelashes. Um, but he is uh, covered every inch of his skin in tattoos of like no one discernible style. It's like some some geometric stuff here, some Sailor Jerry stuff there. It's sort of all over the place. Uh, a couple Bart Simpsons, you know. <laughs> and uh, when he stands up out of his pod, he's maybe like five foot seven and you can see um, as he gets out he unhooks a a long cable uh, that goes to the inside of the pod from a jack that is on the side of his neck um, and that is his universal data jack uh, that interfaces with his rigor setup uh, and so that is how he is able to control this whole club the people in the physical version of the club are also kind of upset. Uh, the like 15 or 20 people that were around are kind of hemming and hawing and someone's shouting like, hey, where'd the music? Come on! Uh, where's my milk? Gonna, <laughs> gonna hear a couple of where my milks. Um, what does uh, what does Chester shout from bar there are there are two drunken frat looking uh orcs trying to order milk um and gabriel's no longer hooked into the system you gotta tell me if you're gonna be taking a break there gabriel these babies want their thirsty milk i'm sorry i have to take i have to take my 15 it's a family emergency Uh, gentlemen can i interest you in some juice boxes we should have more in 10 to 15 minutes so yuri sent you yeah Yes. Do you know about the job? No. What does Yuri need? Do you know about Yuri's boat? No, I don't know about Yuri's... Yuri's boat? Yuri has a boat? He lives in New Jersey in a bank. What does he need a boat for? Ugh, I mean, I guess he has a bunch of paintings and stuff, too. Okay, no, I don't know about Yuri's boat. Um, uh, sorry. Uh, I'm Gabe. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Gabe. I'm Lash. Nice to meet you, Lash. I like your shoes. Thank you. They're very red and spiky. Well, you know, I do what I can. I can Um, tell. (laughs) I'm Lux. I'm Viv. TK. And you're our rigger. I see. Yeah. The job concerns a boat. We need... You need me to drive a boat. You to drive 
the boat. We'll secure you on the boat and we'll join you on the boat as we bring it back. But you will need to be probably driving it. And Does a, a rigger have to be on the boat to drive it? Not necessarily. Depends upon the kind of boat. And then Gabe asks, well, what kind of boat are we talking about here? Where is the boat? We didn't get a make or model for the boat. This is one of the boats you do need to be on to drive, unfortunately. You can do that, right? I mean, I am a very good captain. Good. Do you get seasick? No, do you? You don't TK know, do you? <laughs> Listen, TK does that sometimes. Don't get offended. TK, yeah. you don't, you TK. don't know, do you? You ever been on a boat, friend? We're sleeping on one. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, we... You... Hold on. Uh, let me just... Let me, let's figure this out here. Yes. I mean, I'm inclined to agree. I do not want to be um, in cahoots with Yuri any longer than I have to be. Yeah. So, hey, this is great for all of us uh, that this is an opportunity to make some new friends and to erase a part of my past that I'm not happy about. But it sounds like you need me to steal a boat, but you don't know which boat or where it is. We do know where it is. It's in Sheep's Head Bay. Yeah, do you know this character called... Um, Jast. Jast. Oh, you know him. Fuck. Why Fuck. He's a bad guy. Well, obviously he's a bad guy, but what kind of bad guy? Is, uh, is, he, a, is he some sort of a mage, magic person? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he, there's a couple things that he does. Okay. Uh, he has, he deals weapons. Okay. So this is surprising because ever since the quake and the floods that destroyed New York, um, in rebuilding the city, NYPD Incorporated essentially made firearms illegal for civilians to own. And so there was a huge crackdown over the course of a couple decades during which NYPD Inc. got basically every gun like off the street. Uh, and it became really hard, even if you're criminals, to like find, possess, get away with possessing firearms. Um, and so Jast is one of a few people in and around the tri-state area that will still run the extremely high risk of dealing weapons. Right. Well, we're going to have to take this boat from him. So we uh, are going to protect you. Um, I would hope so. You need me to drive your boat. Uh, we do need Yuri's you to boat. drive our boat. And um, we'll get you there. But we can't guarantee any safety. So point of order. Yeah. You need me because I know how to drive a boat. Yes. So I will get you there because it's in the middle. It's in the distant south of the Brooklyn Archipelago. Yeah, it is. Where you can't get on a car. So we need another boat. <laughs> you guys don't have any boats. Mm -hmm. We have a houseboat. A smaller. We could we see could, us coming. <laughs> We could drive a smaller sort of tactical boat to get us there, but we can't drive this boat. Tell you what, when do you need the boat stolen by? We need to have it back to him within three days. Okay, here's what we do. Okay. Let me worry about getting the first boat. Okay. You've never been to Jast? No. No. We don't even know who Jast is. Okay, great. So, I mean, not great, but understood. I will come and get you. We should case the place. Yeah. We should go take a look at it and try to learn something about it. We'll go from there. Give me four hours. Tell me where you live. Sure. We send him some coordinates that are conveniently location Near, for yeah. us. Uh, he acknowledges receipt and he gives you all a nod. He's like, all right, let's do this, I guess. Okay. I'm sorry, Chester. I got to split. Uh, my grandma just died. It's a, uh, it's, I got to leave. Uh, Gabriel, I'll... I can see that you're lying to me, but I'm going to let it go because you're the most reliable DJ rigger we've had in here in half a decade. You're breaking my heart. I'm going to give you this one time. I appreciate that a lot. That, that means a lot, Chester. And he, and he goes in for a hug over the counter and nothing happens. <laughs> Well, that was great. I had a great feeling about Gabriel. I, I think I think we're going to get along just great. That well, energy was what really, energy? really great energy coming off. Lash, how are you feeling? Viv waves her hand in front of Lash's face. I feel, I feel I've never felt so good before. Oh, dear. Viv's hand to you mm -hmm. looks like just the most beautiful butterfly. Whoa, Viv, keep doing that. How did you learn that? I know you're magic, but whoa. Mm -hmm. TK. Uh, <laughs> TK, 
TK, you you feel an overwhelming sense of inexplicable trust for your teammates. I love you guys. And doesn't say anything else. <laughs> we love you too, uh, TK. TK, that's oh, a lot of progress. Walk, just wow. walks away. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that was an improvement. As you leave, uh, the patrons of the ball pit uh, sullenly and drunkenly drag themselves out of their various pods. A sort of like secondary uh, rigor has gone into Gabriel's empty pod to lower the people who were trapped up at the ceiling, uh, who, who in the intervening five-minute conversation became very irate about the fact that they could no longer have have uh, milk served to them or dance in their private little dance floors. Um, and you guys make your way back to the houseboat? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Lux is outside on the kind of dock of the houseboat. Uh, He's not exactly comfortable inside. Yeah, so he's sort of just racking his memory that he may have known someone who knew someone who knew about transmogrification and things like that. But he's like, no, I don't know if that guy did that or if he was just, he did translocation because he thinks is something weird is going on with this trash that he's turning into other stuff. Um, but he can't quite put his finger on. Why don't you roll a memory test? Yeah. I have a plus two to all memory tests, and memory is... So I have nine dice on that. I have one, two, three, four, five hits. Digging deep into your memory, you remember one very long closed door meeting that you once had with a bunch of faces that work with a bunch of uh, the criminal element around New York City. And it's one of those one of those meetings that was like so long and the door remained closed uh, for such a huge portion of it uh, that the CO2 content in the room got really high. Uh, there's like no fresh air for a while. Yep. And so that's why your memory is really foggy about it. But what you do seem to remember is some people talking about a get rich quick scheme um, or really not quick, but like, you know, get rich. So it's good <laughs> enough where it turns out what you can do is if you find the right kinds of metal with the right kinds of magical properties, um, which sometimes accidentally seeps its way into the manufacture of regular everyday metal goods, like say appliances or automobiles, um, you can render it down uh, through a very complex set of processes uh, into something that is very valuable to magicians. That's all you can really remember. Uh, There's like something that you can do. It's really complicated. It's really time consuming. But like at the end, you end up with something that per gram just costs a lot of like you can charge a lot of money for it. Right. Um, And it does involve just dealing with metals. Right. I wish the CO2 was a little higher in the room or lower, lower. CO2 is high enough. You don't even know. (laughs) TK also, uh, he he knows a bunch of street urchins from his time growing up in the streets. He's still in touch with the, the, uh, the urchins, the urchin gang. So this is um, we are using we are using the the contact mechanic right, is what this right, is. Right, right. So in Shadowrun, um, uh, player characters have contacts, which are just people they know, mm-hmm. um, and they have a connection rating and a loyalty rating. Yeah. So these are the connection rating and loyalty rating are both one for this. So it's a it's a kind of like a I don't know if they're gonna yeah. answer, but I figure I should ask. Like, dude. So connection is how well connected they are to their community, and loyalty mm-hmm. is how much they care about you. Yes. And these are, this is, it's, it's like a Hail Mary pass, but you know, I mean, this guy seems like a weird magic dude who a lot of people know, so they might know something. Okay. So I'd like to get in touch and see if they know anything about Jast, Yost. Uh, so you're just going to like send a, you like, you know, have a comm link number. You're just going to send a message. Yep. Um, you receive back a text that just says eight equal sign, equal sign, equal sign, <laughs> equal sign D tilde, tilde, tilde. 
Uh, Tia has red receipts on and just leaves them unread. Um, okay, uh, that's all the business. Mm-hmm. As uh, the afternoon sort of starts to draw to a close, the sun hangs a little bit lower. You hear, approaching the houseboat, a loud kind of whirring, whining sound. And when you look out the single large window at the end of the houseboat, you see approaching one of those, like, swamp skimmer boats with the big fan on the back. Yes. And uh, sitting in the front, in the chair, Gabriel. Um, behind him, you see two leather couches uh, that are just attached to the boat. Uh, and he pulls aggressively up alongside and makes eye contact. Who was sitting on the? You were who was sitting on the outside? I was in the. You, I yeah. You. So you see him first. He makes eye contact with you, nods his head, and says, "Get in, loser." Okay, loser. Thanks for bringing the covert boat. Listen, this was the that best that we're gonna use to quickly like case the joint. It was the best I could do on short notice. If you have a better, faster boat, feel free to go get you it. You know I don't. You know that the only boat we have is this giant thing that I don't think moves. You know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, you listen. This is the best we can do. All right. Do you have paddles or something that we can paddle when we get closer? No, we'll just don't worry. We'll just go real slow. <sighs> Okay. It's the middle. It's the middle of the day. No one's gonna suspect. All right. I mean, all you're right. not gonna. We're not gonna cause trouble now, are we? No. I mean, we're gonna try not to. You know, I have trouble with this group. You know, making sure they don't get in trouble sometimes. But we're professionals, guys. Gabriel's here. Viv bursts from the door. <laughs> How dare you disturb my calm? Sorry, Viv. Sorry, mom. I need calm. I'm here. So I mean, you guys, all, you guys all get on the boat. Yeah. Gabriel will take you south through the Brooklyn Archipelago. You guys are um, at about Midtown Manhattan uh, on the east side. Um, and the pin that you have for Jast is basically due south, maybe like five or six miles or so. So he's going to take you through the Brooklyn Archipelago. After the floods and quakes of 05, a number of corporate powers conspired to rebuild Manhattan. But Brooklyn, Queens, and Long Island weren't so lucky, and much of what was raised and sank underwater a generation ago has stayed that way. Serious efforts aimed at rebuilding the Brooklyn archipelago to bring it back to even a shade of the vibrancy of the former borough have really only started in the last five or so years. For the most part, it remains the cobbled-together refuge of those who would never dream of leaving the borough under any circumstance, as well as those who were forced from Manhattan after it was rebuilt, but couldn't make the move elsewhere for any number of reasons. Much of the Brooklyn archipelago is a combination of naturally occurring islands, the high points of the now sunken borough, and stationary, man-made structures. The largest Earth island is Park Beach, the former site of Park Slope and Prospect Park. The most notable built structure is Morgantown, a kind of floating Kowloon city on the former site of Bushwick. The further south one ventures, the less development one will find, given the scale of the destruction visited upon the southern portion of the borough and the depth at which its past construction has been sunk. Um, so Jast is really far south in the Brooklyn Archipelago. It's off towards um, the former locations like we've talked about, Sheepshead Bay and um, Gravesend. As you guys approach, you know, it's like probably like a 30, 40 minute journey just going around all of these larger and smaller islands and man-made structures. You see other houseboats like the one that you're familiar with, um, large and small islands with homes, businesses, just piles of garbage. In the daylight, the outline of Jast is visible for like several full minutes uh, before you're anywhere near it. On the horizon, there's this sort of squat brown rectangular prism that dims the sky behind it. And from a distance, it becomes clear that Jast is, it's not one island, but it's actually a large uh, razor wire cage that is set over several islands. And the islands range in size from, like, maybe you're still sort of far away, but, like, maybe a couple dozen feet to, like, city block size. So, So Jast, as a location, very far south, sort of in the middle of nowhere, 
really, really big. On some of these islands, you see these giant, like, massive piles of scrap metal, uh, as well as, you know, as you get closer and closer, you start to be able to make out appliances, cars, trucks, drones, small aircrafts, other, like, mostly sort of indiscernible debris of various sizes. And in the waterways that cut between all of these piles, you see, like, half-sunken automobiles, toppled rotocraft, and a lot of boats, like, like dozens of boats. Well, we we got a lot of boats here. I mean, how are we going to figure this out? One smells like eggs, maybe? I don't think this is going to be at Lash. Oh, um, okay. But that is a good thought. We need to yeah. figure out which boat this is. So just to be clear, Gabriel, we are just casing the place right now. We don't have any intention of going in. Do you need more do you need more equipment and stuff to actually go in and and get the job done now or 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 what's the deal? Yeah, I mean it's uh so as you look he gestures towards uh the front of the of Jast Reclamation which mm-hmm. is still probably like 2000 yards away, so it's still mm-hmm. pretty far away. Yeah. And you can see a steady stream of barges bringing in piles of scrap metal and right. leaving empty or leaving with a rotocraft on them or like one or two cars on the back of them. So, you know, it looks like they're conducting business. It's it's pretty busy. There are a lot of people coming Coming and going. So Gabriel gestures at this and he's like, I mean, I don't I don't think we're going to we're not going to pull off a heist. You know what? He looks at his watch. 430 in the afternoon. What do you think our chances are of getting in a car that's being scrapped here, waiting until nightfall, popping out of that guy and getting the job done? Anybody have any thoughts? I think we need more information. Perhaps Mm. I should assess the surroundings. Please do that. Do you want to? That sounds great. Uh, Can you tell us what assessing is? Assessing is digging for information in the astral plane. And the astral plane is where a lot of magicians have access to. That's where they can, I don't know, derive information about what's happening and if there are other magic users around. So it's like a spi- like a spiritual realm. Yeah. I'm rolling 10 for my ascensing and three hits. All right. This is dope. So because you're very far away, you're not going to get like you're not going to be able to like accurately say a lot about power levels and um, what exactly is going on. What you can definitely see is that there is an exceptional amount of magic coming out of the ground beneath Jast Reclamation and that you can see clearly even from where you are, there is one magic user who you can tell is very powerful. <gasps> oh, oh, goodness me. Viv, what, what happened? Oh, Viv's uh, caftan slips a little bit off her shoulder. <laughs> and when you look a little bit closer to, you know, sort of the, the underside, like the underground, um, where inexplicably there appears to be like strong auras of magic coming from where there should be basically water or the remains of old Brooklyn, um, you see like a lot of small small bits of material like moving around. Things are active. Things are happening. Mm. There is a lot of magic here and I'm I haven't felt like this in a long time. Oh. Uh, you, uh, Gabriel looks at you. He's like, "You gonna be? Uh, you gonna be?" And he like he like sort of reaches off to the side of the boat and uh, wets his fingers and like sprinkles some water in your face oh, a little bit. Thank you. Thank you. I needed that. Thank you. <clears throat> oh, they're just there's a very powerful mage here within this this uh, structure, and there's a lot of power coming from underneath it. Sounds like I should do a matrix perception test. Sure. Just see what's. Just the same same idea, just seeing what's happening, uh, if anything, on the Matrix. <clears throat> so you guys are still, Gabe is also still keeping you pretty far away. Is that what you want? Yeah. 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 You're kind of like, you're I mean, kind of like in the middle. You're sort of parked off to the side of a channel. So there's a bunch of different kinds of boats coming and going. You're still like maybe a fat, like 1,500 yards away or so. Oh, no one's paying um, you any mind. Uh, Gabe, can we get a little, a little closer? Yeah. Just because... There's a lot of noise. There will be a lot of noise. There will be a lot of noise. Uh, So in Shadowrun, especially with technological things, if you would like to understand more about them, uh, you sometimes have to be closer to them because distance creates what's called noise in the network, which just makes it hard to perceive things. Uh, Lash says, if anyone if if anyone stops us, I say we say this is a bachelorette party, my bachelorette party. Lux, as Lash says this, you smell the last remnants of the liquor still on her breath. Okay. Cliven is not there right now. (laughs) But Chester. It was milk. (laughs) Hey, Lash, 
I could smell the milk on you. We're not going to pretend to be at a bachelorette party. All right. I'm just throwing the idea out there. No when push comes pull. to shove, we'll so, see what your decision okay, is. So you're, uh, you're, A boat pulls up alongside and says, you guys lost. You need any help? I don't know why someone from <laughs> Gravesend no, talks like this. but No, sir. We're just a bachelorette party. <laughs> <laughs> You kids have fun. And then okay. Off. All right. That works. See, no one yeah. wants to be anywhere near a bachelorette <laughs> right. party. You see one, you run away. You're right. I, I couldn't think of anything else, and it actually worked. Thank you, Lash. Gabe, chuckling to himself, pulls forward a couple hundred yards. You see more clearly the giant rusting razor wire cage that stretches all across Jast Reclamation. Um, you can also see now that there are a couple dozen LED panels hung on the inside of its top surface uh, for like nighttime work, probably security. You also start to see catwalks along the perimeter of the cage, um, and you begin to hear the machinery uh, that combs through the piles of uh, of detritus and uh, all of the sort of like material that they get delivered, um, you start to hear these like deep squeals and crunches of big metal being chomped and melted and whatnot. You also start to see there's like it's it's like a little hard for you to tell the details, but it looks like there's office building or like a guard tower or something uh, that stretches around both sides of the two channels that the barges are using to enter and exit. Mm -hmm. uh, so there is like some some set of facilities up towards the front, but you're still a little bit far away to be able to tell what they are. Yeah, I think I want to do that perception test. So you just you just kind of want to like I just I want to see like what kind of. Uh, I see they have like I want to see what kind of you know matrix countermeasures they might have or you know um, so you want to actually try to figure out like I, I, yeah I want to see what we're gonna be up against yeah in this in the cyber sense I mean I think you're gonna you're gonna have a hard time knowing what their countermeasures are yeah before you actually like gain access to them as a host which like at this point you don't even know whether or not that exists right. So, like, I think probably your first step would be you want to just look and you want to see if you can even figure out if they have something that you can infiltrate. Right. Yeah, that sounds smarter. I'll just roll it. And yeah, see roll it and see what you I mean, this is what the matrix perception test, mm -hmm. depending upon how well you do, you you basically see more or less. So rolling 10. Four hits. So what you figure out is that you see icons in the distance. They're a little fuzzy of like some employees, a number of employees uh, that are just working the yard. They kind of blink in and out because of the distance, maybe because of the kind of gear that they're using. You don't really know. But you can see that there's maybe like at least half a dozen people that you can see are like have some sort of connected uh, gear of some kind, whether it's a comm link or, or whatnot. You do, because of your role, manage to like perform some search mojo and there is like one really simple computer system that's in the office that was running silent uh, it was trying to hide itself from public broadcast and you do see that it's there you didn't roll well enough to be able to tell what it is uh, but you can see that there is like one thing that's there that is wirelessly accessible uh, that they were trying to hide um, and it seems like very low tech otherwise um <clears throat> so i guess i relay that information back to them Gabriel, do you, is there any um, of these uh, ships or uh, vehicles or anything around here that you have wireless access to that you can rig and control? I mean, obviously, I know that you're not going to be able to do that with the uh, with the big boat, but is there anything else, barges that you're connected to or can connect to to control? So you want me to you want to check and see whether or not there's something in the yard mm -hmm. that I can that I can get and move around from here? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's worth a shot. Yeah. Uh, hold on one second. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you were right. I told you, I get energy from people. I should listen to that more often. I just wonder what he owes Yuri. We'll find that out. Oh, yes. Should we tell him about the bonus or should we? No. Him? Okay, well, he's not taking any money anyway. So no, no, he's working for free. Yeah. <laughs> Guys. We're just having a private conversation, Gabriel. <clears throat> Uh-oh. Something's happening. Oh, no. Fuck. Oh, what happened? <gasps> Big glitch. Fuck. Oh, shit. Critical glitch. Oh, God. Oh, what no. did he do? Oh. oh, it's really weird when you're the GM and the person who glitched. Uh oh, man. <laughs> but you're also playing Gabriel and not, like, an enemy. Um, uh, 
Gabriel, um, <laughs> my comment is going to be: No wonder you're working for free. Gabriel, your, your face is gone completely white. What's what's going on, bud? We have to go. We have to go. I'm now? sorry. Uh, we have to. We just have to back off for a second. Uh, and he turns the boat around and starts to drive away slowly. But you can see that his knuckles are slightly white. Gabriel? What's going on, Gabriel? What's going on? Uh, nothing. I just, I just, uh, you know, I was just sort of checking to see whether or not there were things that were connected that, you know, were broadcasting a signal that I might have been able to connect to. Yes. And I maybe just did that a little bit too loudly. It's fine. It happens sometimes. You just... Um, Didn't happen to us ever. I mean... Yeah, it's, that seems unlikely. I mean, I don't think it's ever happened to us. So what, I, Do they know it was you? Um, uh, well, probably not. Mm-hmm. We just, I just think maybe it's a good idea for us to wait a couple minutes and not be motionless in plain sight. Uh, and he drives around to the backside of like a particularly large houseboat uh, that is between you and Jast and sort of like nods his head a little bit and like smiles. He's like, I um, hear this happens to lots of riggers. I, I say, quick, everyone, let's start seeing karaoke so we can really lean into this bachelorette party thing. Okay. Um... I don't think we should be drawing attention to ourselves. What do you think happens at bachelorette's party? Karaoke, uh, houseboats. Right. (laughs) Right. Um... So you think what happens is you get one woman and three or... Yeah, three men yeah. on a, on an airboat yeah. with leather couches. Sure. And then you go sing karaoke behind a, a houseboat. Is that what you think Hell is happening? Hell yeah. All right, Lash. As you are having this conversation, an orc wearing a thick padded armored vest mm. drives around the backside of the houseboat that you are hiding behind on a cobbled together almost Mad Max-esque jet ski. Uh, and looks at you really suspiciously and shouts, Hey, what are you all doing around here? Um, I use my uh, con skill um, to tell him that uh, we <laughs> are at a bachelorette party. Roll for it. <laughs> because, again, I couldn't think of anything else. Um, Ash did the thinking. <laughs> well, she did, and I, I'm going along with this even though I can't stand it. You're not saying it's a bachelorette party because you didn't think of anything. <laughs> there was a plan in place. Mm-hmm. I think I saw you. You was parked around here not doing anything for a second, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is a high traffic area. You can't just be around here not doing anything. You can't just park in the middle of the channel. Viv smiles and waves her hands in front of Lash to distract her. They still, I mean, the, they're slightly less beautiful butterflies, but they are still pretty nice. Whoa. Yes, that's right. Watch my hands. I think my con is just charisma. That seems unlikely. Yeah, no, plus it's con, con plus con skill. charisma. It's well, charisma con's, plus it's whatever. Charisma you're, plus, that's right. Sorry, it's, it's, I'm sorry. It's, it's a, probably at least like 11. It's 12. Yeah, 12. Yeah, 12. 12 guys. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, so I'm going to tell you, you could probably buy these hits, but we're going to roll it anyways because yeah, it's going to be fun. fun. So th- I'm trying to convince him that we're at a bachelorette party and we've had plenty of milk and we didn't know where we were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> Do great. I got three. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's bad. You should probably burn that at or spend I think so. spend I mean, the three edge. is still good. I mean, as as it is no, relates to just general just, dice. We're coming off a critical glitch though. That's true. But I don't know if that matters in this scenario. How much edge Well, have? here's what I would say. Yeah. Say what you want to say and let's see how it goes. Sure. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, we, uh, my friend, uh, Diane over here, uh, she is getting married to my brother, so naturally I'm at her bachelorette party, and, uh, we, uh, had a little bit of milk earlier, I wanted to show her where her family's from, you know, they're out from, they're actually out from here, um, and she's never been out here, we kind of got lost, actually, do you know how to get to Mad Marty's? It's a, it's a bar that... They don't. I thought we were there and we're not. Oh, can't wait till you get married to my brother. Oh, it's going to be the best. Um, do you know where Mad Marty's is? I thought it was over here. And then I just saw this cage. It's like, I don't have no interest in that. He, the entire time you're spinning this yarn, right. he is giving you the flattest look. Right. Like he's not buying it. But then, you know, as soon as he sort of figures out what's happening and he's like, wait a minute. Okay. This, he's an orc. Looks at you. Also an orc. Going to get married to this guy's brother. 
this guy's a human. And then he hears Mad Marty's, his favorite bar. <laughs> and the whole thing just sort of like overwhelms him a little bit that like all the hate in the world is for nothing. We're all the same. We're all a part of the same tribe. You know, like meta humanity is just we're all just trying to get through it together. Like why cause trouble? And he he looks at, he looks at you and he's like, you know what? That's beautiful. That is so beautiful. Mad Marty's. I tell you what you do, you uh, you motor, uh, and he he looks at Gabriel, um, and he says, you motor three and a half miles that way, uh, and then uh, and then you go north about another th- uh, three or four. It's uh, it's weird that you're out here. I mean, this is um, this is nowhere near it, but uh, you know, I understand you've been hitting the milk. Yeah, we've hit the milk. Oh hell yeah, I we have. I thought that we should have turned back over there, but thank you so much. What was your name? Oh, it's a. Uh, Balto Cuddle. Balto Cuddle. Can we get a picture? I would be oh, honored. That's yeah, so let's nice. get a picture. That's so nice. And then he takes a picture of you from his comm link and then says, it was so pleasant to meet you, and then motors off. <laughs> oh, God, I was going to use my palming skill to try to take his ID, but he's gone. Um, great. Um, Gabriel uh, breathes a giant sigh of relief um, and starts to starts to pull around to the other side uh, of the house that you're hiding behind. Ooh, glad we thought on our feet of that uh, bachelorette party. So to go back to the, the matter at hand, um, I can't tell. Uh, the cage, it's hard to tell what's going on. Like, honestly, like, I don't even know how you managed to figure out the things that you managed to figure out. It seems like it works like a little bit like a Faraday cage that like you, it's hard to get signal in and out. And like anything I can get is like real fuzzy, except at the very edges. Uh, and like nothing at the edges is anything that I can, that I can jump into, at least not from here. Uh, so I mean possible, but I won't know until maybe we're in there. Okay. So, guys, based on what we saw, my question is this. I'm assuming we're going to have to get the boat completely covertly, and we're going to get on the boat, and they're going to know that we're getting on, that we're getting away with the boat as soon as the boat starts moving. Do these walls or these, these cages that it's in look like they're strong enough to stop a warship from just driving through them, or do we need to plan an evac route with the ship. Yeah, I think the only way the ship's probably going to get out of here is by someone letting us get out of there with the ship, which <sighs> might which might take some sneaking around. Well, we need to find a way to get onto a barge or acquire one. I actually think that that's the easy part. We could mm-hmm. probably drive this very boat up to the back of a barge and jump on it. But the thing is, once we get the the battleship, we're not, we're going to we're going to have to drive it out the front door and that mage He's going to pickle us. As you guys are talking, Gabriel is just like slowly floating his way closer to to Jast Reclamation just to kind of like get a closer look. You see that there actually is an office that arcs around the entrance and the exit uh, of the razor wire cage um, and that there are people who, you know, you can see some people through the windows who are in there. There are little guard towers on either side and you can see that to the left there is like a big rendering facility with a giant crane. There's like a small sort of hut, like house, warehouse kind of thing uh, that has like an orange glow coming out of it um, and, and smoke. And you can see that the catwalks, there actually are guys on the catwalks uh, that are patrolling. And sure enough, in line with what Gabriel had said to you guys, they all seem to have guns. You are also now slightly closer if you wanted to do a last-ditch effort to try to figure out, like, if there's anything for you to learn about the surroundings, whether it's, you know, magic-related or technology-related. How ready are you guys to... We're not. (laughs) What, What would you need to be ready to go in? I think we need a general plan on how we're going to get the boat out. Because if we could, if we could sneak around and everything and get onto the boat again, we're going to have to leave with the boat. And as soon as they see that boat moving, they know that they know this shit's happening and that mm-hmm. they pull their guns so out and they start shooting. I turn to, I turn to Gabriel and I say, do you know how to work the guns? So that's the thing. Um, if we can figure out which exact boat it is. Yes. Beforehand, that's better. Right. If, we can figure out what the boat, which boat it is when we're in there. I'm probably going to need at least half an hour mm-hmm. to get all the skill softs in order and to learn how to do it. Unless it's one that I already know how to do, which like there's a chance, but like I can't guarantee it not knowing what it is. So we might need to just sort of like play it by ear. So 
if I can get my hands on any of these guards that knows something, I can read, I can probe their minds. Lux, do you think you can replicate any of these uniforms? I can. I can do that. There is an idea. Um, I also have got a picture of the guard that we had, so I could also create a, uh, a disguise of him. Mm. Yeah. Why don't we bring the bachelor par- bachelorette party back and he may patrol again? You want to get the guard back? Right now? Yeah, you want to get the guard back Do you back want now? to get rid of him now? Are we going to take <laughs> him hostage for a day? I think we should. Yeah. I think you should create the costume before. We, this should be a, we get in, we get out. I'm going to figure out who this guy is. I'll do my research and, mm. I'll, we, and we'll get him um, on the way to work tomorrow and uh, take care of him. I feel more comfortable about this now. You guys feel like you did all your recon? The only other thing I think we could do is if we could take the boat around to the side where the, all the ships are, if we could look through the documents that Yuri gave us and see if we can see any identifying marks or anything Visually. like that that he gave us and see if oh. we could, uh, so that Gabriel can do some research on the actual ship, model um, and make, and if, guns available. If it is a uh, Yuri's ship, there must be like a, a signature of his on, on it somewhere. Or the name. In like the operating system or something it has to be registered to him or something so if we mm-hmm. can could do a couple searches and see on the matrix and see which ships are registered to whom can you do that now i think so okay so gabriel starts to drive towards jast reclamation and banks left to go around the backside just to get some sense of um, what the rest of the property looks like he stays at a far enough distance so as to not um, invoke any sort of suspicion um, and as you are turning from the front face to the left face and around you become aware just of like how big this place is it's gigantic and from the vantage point that you have moving from the left face to the rear face you can't see any other in or out other than the channels that are the entryway and the exit that you've seen these barges uh, entering and leaving through you do get a better sense of the sort of half dozen or so navy ships uh, that are around that sort of roughly fit the description they all look you know, similar but different. Some of them have funny paint jobs. Um, some of them have artillery on them. Some of them don't. Some of them look in a state of extreme disrepair. One of them is up on stilts. A couple of them are in the water. None of them jump out immediately as being definitely belonging to Yuri. Hey, Mike. Stilts. Yeah. What is it called? Um, when they're on, when like the dry dock. Uh, dry, the dry dock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I imagine like. <laughs> what are they called? They're called like like floaters or something. They're like big. All boats are floaters, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but not all boats are upper deckers. Hey. Da, 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 da. Um, <laughs> the poop joke. Would yeah. you call a submarine uh, a boat? A bad boat. <clears throat> That's what to go down there. To go down there. <laughs> when you look at the coordinates that Yuri gave you for his ship, they point to directly in the center of Jast. They don't point to a specific right. location. Mm-hmm. So it seems like he knows that it's here somehow, but he doesn't have a, it, it's not okay. like a precise. Can, we just okay. take, can I just take a picture can, of all of these boats with my comm link and then just send it to Yuri and be like, which one? Tell me. Absolutely. I, can I do that now? Yeah. Sure. If, and while you're doing that, I think I can run a matrix search. Basically, I'm looking for information on the matrix about the ship because I believe that there's a sig like there has to be a signature left on the ship from Yuri's owning it right because it must be registered to him. I'm looking for basically ships records. Uh, even gangsters register their ships under dummy corporations and fake names. So I'm gonna look through the, um, all of the public maritime databases uh, and see see if anything is registered to Yuri or one of his aliases. And we're hoping for a, we'll say a four or a five gets you something. Ooh, it's not looking good. Looks like a glitch. Edge, four. Edge, 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 Four ones is not a glitch? I could, I could, uh, out of ten? Out of ten, no. Edge, oh. edge, edge. Uh, should I re-roll it? You can re-roll. If you, can, if you want to spend an edge, you can re-roll yeah, you everything that's not a hit. You got two edges from him so far. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll re-roll it. I'll re-roll. Keep, yeah, keep the ones that are hits and re-roll everything else. Yeah, we got it. You don't get access to any of Jast's records. Nothing there is public. As far as you can tell, they've managed to scrape the matrix of any kind of record of what goes in and out of there. They're a private business. Like, that kind of makes sense. If you were to get access to their local network, you might be able to find something. But on the public database, no. You do, however, manage to find records for all of the journeys of all of the different kinds of... uh, All of the ships that have come into New York... 
um, that are of the type that you can see with your physical eyes. And what you found is that there are, in fact, four boats that showed up and then never left. And they're still here. What you then can do is to figure out uh, which has been registered to one of the dummy corporations that Yuri has given, uh, given to you as a name. You can't figure that out from where you are because you need access to the boats. But that's, that's four locations in Jast. There are four boats that you know that are in Jast that are candidates. And if you, and probably Gabriel would be able to do it too, can get access, like physical access to them. And if they have power, you will be able to basically match identifying characteristics to their systems to figure out which boat is Yuri's. So we've devised a fetch quest. You have devised a fetch quest. I have devised a fetch. The universe has conspired <laughs> to devise a fetch quest. Running in the shadows. It does feel like a team effort. <laughs> so TK, I, what'd I, you get? So I, there are four candidates. Uh, I can't figure out any any better than that, but me and Gabriel can go. And I mean, I guess well, all of us can probably f do this, but we can all go and see. We can check the boats to see if they have power to see if we can, you know, see what is on their computers. Uh, and mm -hmm. we'll be able to match at least one of them because one of them is one of them is the boat we're looking for. Right. You feel good? You want to you want to Amscray? You're sort of turning around now yeah. from the back face of Jast to the right face. Uh, and the sun is getting pretty low. Uh, I think I think we've I mean, I've done all I can do. Yeah, let's get out of here. We, you, you've been on their Matrix. They might be looking at us we better get out of here all right sounds good got an overwatch score huh gabriel let's roll Woo! i'm getting married <laughs> yay diana uh in the distance uh you see that one orc giving you a high peace sign <laughs> little does he know and he shouts love is great <laughs> You are now leaving Fun City. Thank you for listening. If you want to support the show or get weird and fun behind the scenes tape and other episode extras, please head to patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures, where you can transfer us some of your hard earned new yen and keep this ship afloat. We have been working on Fun City for almost a year, and we're so excited to share it with you that we couldn't not throw a party. So if you find yourself in the Brooklyn archipelago, please come join us on September 19th, 2019 at our favorite new neighborhood bar slash arcade slash concert venue, Wonderville on Broadway. We'll be there from 8 until 11 p.m. at least, throwing back soy brews and playing Killer Queen. More details in the show notes. John Steven and I am TK. Um, you can find me online at Bijan Steven on Twitter, which is B-I-J-A-N-S-T-E-P-H-E-N, or on Instagram, um, and you should just Google that. I'm Jen De La Vega. I am Viv. You can find me online at Randwitches. That's the word sandwiches, but just replace the S with an R. This is Nick Garcio. I play Lux Scythe. You can find me on Twitter at N-G-U-E-R-S-H. Um, and Instagram at N Gercio, G-U-E-R-C-I-O. This is Shannon O'Dell. I play Lash Goodbog. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Shodell, S-H-O-D-E-L-L. -L. This is Taylor Moore, and I play all the bad boys. I'm at Taylor.biz. My name is Mike Rignetta. I am your GM. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rignetta. You can find the show on Twitter at Fun City Ventures. 
Fun City was recorded at Fortunate Horse in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. It was produced, edited, and sound designed by me, Mike Rignetta. All of the show's music is by Sam Tyndall, and the voice of Artemis is Molly Templeton. Thanks to everyone who heard rough cuts of the show along the way and gave us notes and advice. With special shoutouts to Drew Hendrickson, Jason Oberholzer, Molly Templeton, Tim Mucci, Crystal Donovan, Patrick Davison, Kyle Schansinger, and George Ruiz. Across the water, buried amongst the toxic fjords of Sheepshead Bay, sits Jast Reclamation. In one corner of its vast area sits a single-story concrete building with an open steel roof. Beneath it, a Byzantine warren of hallways and tunnels leading into dark, occluded chambers. Rooms with chanting apprentice mages, enchanted slag, and rivulets of multiple glowing metals. Candles flicker with crimson and ultraviolet flames. In the sunken center of it is a round chamber, lit by the fire of a forge in its center. And at the forge works a human man, his arms disfigured with scars and raw, unhealed burns. In one hand, he holds a heavy, ancient revolver. With the other, he withdraws a glowing crucible from the fire. He pours its contents into the carvings he has made on the great pistol's grip. The liquid metal sizzles, cools, and solidifies into the eldritch sigils and runes cut into the material. He examines his work and ignores the smell of his own burning flesh, mingled with the smoke of the smoldering gun. From the chamber's only egress, enters Balto Cuddle. Hey, uh, boss, want to let you know, um, those folks in the fan boat, the ones that you thought maybe were causing trouble at the perimeter, uh, I checked on it. They were just a bachelorette party. Jast Columnar, owner of Jast Reclamation, casts a pall of disappointment over his director of security. No, Mr. Cuddle, they were not. They are thieves, and they are coming to take something from me. I have seen it. Baphomet has shown it. Oh. Uh, should we get some extra guys? No. No. The thieves will break against me like waves upon the rock. I don't doubt it, but I mean, still, we should call in... No. I have already summoned Vornoth. Let them come and be ready. All right. I mean, you are literally the boss. If they are a bachelorette thing, though, I don't think we should really rend them. He momentarily submerges the handle of his gun in a clear blue reservoir of water, which bubbles and retreats from the red-hot material, but quickly calms and rushes in to cradle the gun. If they are lucky, Baphomet's fire may show them mercy, but I will not. 